Hello everyone and I hope you're all well. Thanks again for joining me on another episode of the Think Curiously podcast. The podcast that hopes to allow others to share their story so that you can be inspired to share yours. And this week I am delighted to be joined by Gary Wallace. I knew Gary Wallace from my time working with the Irish Football Association as a primary schools coach. Gary has now went on to set up his own company and, as well as that, has just recently came off duty working as a strength and conditioning coach under Ian Barraclough at the Northern Ireland Senior Men's International Squad. But what you're about to hear from Gary is where he came from, what he went through to get where he's at now. Gary's story is one of taking the dark moments and turning them into light one of using negative thoughts and promoting positivity, but also one where he describes very candidly his struggle with mental health issues. Here's a clip of what you can expect. And to be honest, after a while without even realizing, um, I was was seeking into, like sleeping into like depression. Um, I had no motivation. I was blaming other people. And I just was like, had no, like I used to have the, the biggest drive in the world and maybe I, I drove myself into the ground and that was that was an issue. I didn't take time for me. Um, it was just doing all that. And I just got to a place where I I just couldn't function. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Think Curiously podcast. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Gary Wallace. Gary and I came to know each other through working for the IFA and the primary schools program a number of years back. And I've followed Gary's progress over the last three or four years where, him, where he's running his own company and some of the stuff he's doing outside of that as well. So I think he's got a real inspirational story to tell, particularly from where he's, he's come from to where he's at now. And for anyone listening, it's a real sort of good, feel-good story of what can actually be achieved when you put your mind to something. So Gary, welcome. Oh, thank, thank you. Thanks for having me, Gary. Thank you. So we'll just start off, I suppose, by giving the listeners a little insight to who you are. Yeah, so I'm Guy, Guy from Guy, um, and uh, I'm director of, of a company, Core NA. So again, established myself, and the real reason, the mission statement behind it is we want to deliver positive experiences of physical activity and overall well-being, and we really focus on, on the youth, but in essence, that, that just is everybody we work with deliver a positive experience, um, especially of physical activity and, and well-being. So yeah, so that's been going now for only three and a half, four years. And um, thankfully we and I were with everything we've got going and we're moving a lot online. We are taking nationwide and beyond that worldwide, of course, <laughs> in the near future. So yeah, and um, also then to most recently there, I have now the strength and conditioning coach for the Northern Ireland Senior Men's team which is a great honor and uh, absolutely delighted and uh, what an environment just to be involved in and to, to be at that level. So among other things, I, I write an article every week for a local paper, um, do a few blogs, as I say, do my own podcast for a while and stuff. So there's the, there's a lot that goes on there. Um, but um, I'm actually delighted to be, to be on yours and it's a credit to you for, for setting us up. I've already listened to a few of them and, it's been such an easy listen. That's why I liked it. You know, just and that's why I was reaching out as well to to yourself. So, uh, fair play to you. Thank you. I appreciate the the kind comments. Um, I suppose your life is so wrapped up in the sport element with your company and the stuff you do outside that with the, the IFA. But where did it start for you? What what was your involvement from sport from a young age? Well, so I I always played sports. It probably all happened whenever 
we moved into a different area just here in our village, Kilgallar, and moved into a house into a park really, and we were surrounded in by by other mates who had an interest, and we were we were outside all the time. Between it was like drop the bag and then head over to the local gravel pitch, and it was like come home with scarred everywhere and uh, tree huts, doing everything. We even took into rollerblading, skateboarding, playing Gaelic, hurling, anything that was going. And I think I was just very fortunate. I had a, a good group of, of mates um, who, yes, we weren't perfect. We weren't angels, but we were heavily involved in sport. And there was a great sense of community around there. And I think that just filled my ambition um, to, to actually to really fall in love with, with sport. And I think I was more down the, the, the fitness side of it. You know, I never was always the most talented playing any of the sports. But I was always on the team. I would always give 100%. I would always pride myself on, on how fit and everything I was. And that, that led to the whole way through school and then eventually then going and doing my degree um, in, in sports, sports science. And then from there, just gradually went on. Even when I was in, in college, I was coaching local, the, the local teams. I was taking the, the, the college team. And it was a good friend, actually, who started coaching was a... Has passed away now, but Wesley Gregg was he was uh, in Oma as the grassroots development officer. So he was the first man I went down, and I remember watching him the first day coaching the kids. I was just in awe. Like this man had travelled from Korean, either Reynolds, he was like, it's a Mrs. Carrot, it's a Mrs. Carrot. And I know that back in the day, whenever it wasn't the 3G, it was a sand based, the sand based thing. And the place was, it was like he just got out of the back of sand dune somewhere, like it's covered in the back. But he came down, bouncing, obviously in a pair of shorts, freezing outside. And the kids were just, like, it was amazing. And for me, that that's where I kind of learned to coach um, from him in terms of kids. Um, so, yeah, so that, that just kind of grew and grew. And what a guy to, to learn from, really. And then when I was with an IFA coach in the primary school role, I just knew there was so much more I could offer. I remember sitting one day and I was like, just said it to myself. I was like, I am not writing another timetable for the AFA. Like that, that was it. I was like, I am not writing another timetable. And that, that was my cutoff point. Yeah. Would you say that? Cause it's quite interesting what you talked about early on, having a, a diverse uh, range of sports activities with your, your friends out on the street. And then as you have progressed through that to sort of senior sport and then into your coaching. And as you just talked about then starting your own business, has there been, a, an element or a thread, I suppose, of self-improvement or maybe proving yourself that you can do better and not just settling for what you have, always looking for, for what's next and how you can, can push yourself and challenge yourself. Yeah, definitely, 100%. And I think we were all, uh, Coach Gary, like way back to where he is now, would have been like, what? Like way back, I was the guy who thought I knew everything. And I was like, my sessions are unbelievable. I can do this. I can do that. Yeah, confidence burst burst out of me. And then, then I think what happened is, is a period there where I was like, "Well, why am I not doing better? I should be doing this. I should be achieving more." And that was in every area of my life at a stage. And that kind of built up. And that was kind of probably as soon as I came home and started from Korean. And when I was working with IFA in the primary school role and starting to set up my personal training business and all that I really thought there should be something more. I should be doing some more. 
and that kind of built and there was different scenarios around my life with with relationships with with family with with everything just kept coming and to be honest after a while really me realizing um i was i was seeking into like sleeping into like depression um i had no motivation i was blaming other people and i just was like had no like i used to have the the biggest drive in the world and maybe I, I drove myself into the ground and that was that was an issue i didn't take time for me um it was just doing all that and i just got to a place where i i just couldn't function i just didn't see any light at the end of the tunnel i remember always used to say i used to wake up in the morning and take a sharp breath in and then just boom just hear my head just darkness and I couldn't even think, like, couldn't even think past a few hours. Couldn't even think about getting past my bed, out of my bed, rather than thinking about how I'm going to develop and turn into a business where I am today. So, yeah, that's, that kind of led from, from what you're saying about having that drive and ambition where I didn't really expect too much or I, more so I didn't have the awareness of how to control that was my biggest thing is, yes, I, I know I can achieve any goal that I want, I was getting frustrated and wasn't let the process or wasn't letting manifest in my own mind or, or anything. And, and it got me to a really, really bad place in my life. So it did. Yeah, I can relate to that in many ways in that I have a, a tendency to, when I've got free time, I feel guilty for not working. And I, I totally understand what you mean in terms of how that can just lead into a sliding scale of, I'm, I'm not doing what I should be doing. And therefore your confidence just drops and drops and drops and drops because I find it difficult sometimes to switch off myself. And then when I do switch off, as I said, I feel guilty and it's just like a constant cycle of, right, let's get that motivation back up. I've got that motivation. Now let's run with it. And then all of a sudden it dips and then I'm there for two or three days and then bang, I'm straight up again. My good friend, James Green would always say to me through that last lockdown, we've done a lot of online stuff we are it's all on my head page and we had some great success with that and some really good engagement but that and i spoke to very very candidly to him about this that was probably one of the toughest times i've had because you then get a level of self ex- ex- expectation for yourself and when you're not reaching those expectations as you've just said you can just very very easily slide down into that that dark hole um and it was a difficult period for me to try and navigate and thankfully i had james uh, on my side there to help me through that um, would you say that when, when you're in that sort of cycle of waking up in the morning, you said seeing the blackness and the darkness, was there kind of one constant within that that helped you come out of that? Or was that something you had to then sit down and think about over a longer duration of time before you find a way out? Oh, like a long time and a, a lot of learning in between that. And you know, it's easy to say, oh, there's light at the end of the tunnel. So if there is anybody out there who is feeling a wee bit, a bit down or, or wherever they are and in their life, you know, you, people, you know, the, these phrases like, oh, shake out of it or don't worry, you'll, you'll get out of it. Um, and you can't see that. You really, at that moment in time, you can't see that. And for me, the journey that I went on was, first of all, trying to accept I was very much so in trying to blame everybody. So I was trying to blame uh, blame relationships, blame my work, blame my ambition, you know, and it wasn't like, well, if, if this changes, I'll be happier. If this changes, I will be happier. And, th- and that wasn't the case because I wasn't happy myself. 
and that, that was that was the main thing i didn't i didn't look at any of that so from there really i went um i i i talked to to my parents it was a big thing first i turned to them and just more or less said look i'm not in a good place um went and seen had medical i went to the doctor um the doctor was looking at on me on medication and it was a big no-no for me really so but i went on it but again i still at this stage didn't really accept so i was taking the medication i told people but i still didn't really accept and you know i was on and off the medication didn't really give it the time you know i went and talked to um to to people as well to the counselors and stuff and i always thought that was good having someone neutral so but again it was my own mindset i, I think i talked to like four counselors before i actually found somebody who i could relate to but when i reflect back on it it was more so that i was ready for that person you know i was in a place where i could could go and and, and talk to that that person so i i did all of that and you know you can say oh get outside get active and get everything i didn't want to get active i was hiding i was playing football at the stage for a local club and we were we were quite successful and i was going through the motions and literally was turning up putting a fake smile on and getting through the games playing all right playing within myself and then okay right just get out of here and that, that that's where i was so this thing that that was my life sport health fitness well-being you know i remember as i said i, I wrote like a weekly article and i can remember writing, writing the article every week and i was just like being positive and about well-being and health and i was like this is just this is just fake this is just fake like this i was forcing this even on a keyboard and just feeling what why, why are you doing this you know and then even if i was out with my mates on a saturday or whatever and trying to get myself motivated and if i wasn't enjoying myself you know be like an inner voice inside my head saying what 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 are you, what are you you're not happy why are you laughing but why are you doing that so that's kind of where i was and then a few defining moments i, I think again I, I i accepted i accepted okay i'm there's something really wrong like really accepted that it was me and by going to medication speaking to counselors doing all of that and one thing i realized was there's only one person that's going to that's going to sort this out and that is me so that's the only only person that, that is going to fix this and that that is myself so um yeah i just i kind of went, went from from there and um there was probably a bit of a defining moment i thought myself was i went and spoke to one of my sister's friends who you know who had her own journey had her own story and um what i ended up doing is she said to me she goes gary you know through all of this when you come out the other side you have a brilliant story to tell and you can actually inspire so many people because of you were that guy who was always involved in the sport who was involved in everything in the community who was seen as a happy-go-lucky guy like i used to go out in parties and i didn't need a drink i was on the dance floor like finger finger waving everything like whoa get in there no no problem at all that that was me but she was like you have an amazing story to tell and 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 that was the thing that was the thing that kind of for me was like a little bit more of a turning point and i was probably in a better place again to to accept that so so i just i i went from there and, and started applying techniques on myself so massive thing was my morning routine you know and, and really honed in on on that and that that was huge really was huge so um yeah that's kind of where i've got to to now really um and still still working on that so um it, it, it takes you know, for from you to go through that and and 
I don't like the expression, get out the other side, but for you to go through what you went through and actually learn from it and use it in a positive way in terms of to inspire you to go forward and do what you're doing now. Yeah. Um, that takes a lot of, again, resilience, I suppose, to actually to get through that. But there's a lot of stigma around this idea of mental health issues, particularly in men. There's a lot of ad campaigns and things like going out there now to try and increase the awareness of it. But at any stage, did you feel the pressure of that stigma? Probably a bit, yeah. Um, I think I think when people say about, you know, it's, it's, it's good to talk and everything, I don't think, it's not like even the stigma, it's, it's how hard it is to do it. How hard it is to actually come out and say to somebody, you know, and I, and I think it's, uh, rather than a stigma, it's like your own pride. You know, that old thing, and people say, oh, you, you, you know, was I really worried about what people would think? Not massively. Was I worried about the more the opinion of myself? Probably yes. You know, from being, you know, if you're playing sport, you're hard, you're this, you're that. So there was that stigma around there, but I was probably more hard on myself than what I thought other people would say. So yes, in a way, yes, there definitely was. But I think it's, it's a huge message that we need to get out there that, you know, other, don't be afraid of what other people will say. But don't be afraid of what you think of yourself, you know, and, and don't be afraid to let yourself be vulnerable around those who really love and care for you. Um, and then the opposite side of that, I, I would, a bit of advice, if, if anybody is coming to talk to you about anything, the one thing I would do is say is listen. Like, I am blessed. Like, I have an amazing family, amazing friends, amazing support network, and they love me to bits. And the thing is, they want to fix you. They think that they have to, you know, and it's like, you know, especially your parents or your sister, whatever, whoever it is really close to you. When you tell them something like that, you're like, right, I, I need to do something to fix this because I don't want to see this person hurt or, or whatever. And in actual fact, what you're probably doing is more damage, you know, really oh, you tr try this or try that, or maybe they don't know how to communicate it effectively. But the biggest thing for me was when people were willing just to sit back and listen and that was huge even sitting in silence for a while like after i spoke you know because i always find that myself as i think uh, back to gold gary coach or if i'm having a conversation with somebody if somebody's speaking give them the respect and the time that they deserve to speak and don't have that answer in your head before they've even finished you know and i and i think that's a big thing um especially with people who really care and love for you as soon as you say God, look, I'm feeling this. I need it. Um, you know, I find it hard to get out of bed. I'm like, oh, but sure, we'll, we'll try and get up and we'll, we'll do something really quick. And it's like, but no, I just, I really, start, oh, look, but if I'm there, it'll work. It'll help. I don't know, but, you know, it's, it's that fine margin where, and it was out of pure and utter love that they were trying to help. But for me, a point I would do is just listen to the person, let them speak. Because if they're giving you the time and they're coming to you in comfort, take three, four steps back and say, look, I hear you. And that's it. That's all. Or I'm here for you, whatever it is, but really, really listen. Yeah. It, it's it actually, it rings bells to what professor Stephen Rolnick would call the writing reflex. So Steve Rolnick is the sort of godfather, I suppose, proprietor of motivational interviewing and motivational interviewing is a technique that was originally used on addicts basically trying to get them to motivate themselves. So rather than me saying, telling you, you need to motivate yourself and you need to get out of what it is you're doing, the technique basically reverses the conversation so that all of the motivation comes intrinsically from you. And yes. he would say that when someone comes to speak to you about those kind of issues, 
is that you avoid that writing reflex where straight away you think you've got the answer. When in actual fact, they might not be looking for an answer. They might not be looking for your input. As you've said, they might just be looking for someone to listen. And it is in as much as when you do give them that time and freedom and you'll do it yourself, no matter where you are in your journey, when you speak to somebody and ask a question, if you give them enough time, they'll answer it for themselves. Just by, by saying, you know, simple things like, you know, well, 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 what's your actual opinion on that? You know, somebody asks you a question first. Well, brilliant. That's fascinating. Well, what's your thoughts on it? I go, well, I'm thinking blah, blah. And they say it with this confidence and this thing. I say, well, I think you've answered your own question there, really. But fantastic. Yeah, I, I agree. Or I think you may do this way. And I, no, I, th- I think I'm going to go ahead with that. I say, yeah, excellent. Well done. Oh, thanks very much for your advice. You'd be like, I've said nothing. <laughs> you just answered your own question there. So, um, but yeah, that's a, it is a big thing about we, and I think it's, it's a few things. It's either that you feel for the person that you love or you, you want to um, feel smart or, you know, have this hierarchy of, oh, well, if I have the answer for this, then it's brilliant. Sometimes we don't have to have the answer. Sometimes it's just good to throw something out there, you know, and let's see what happens. So I think that's a, it's a, it's a big thing as well. Like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but if we could just reverse the conversation a little bit and talk about then when you had that conversation with your sister's friend, and it was one of the trigger events that then allowed you to open up, I suppose, your mind to what was possible. What kind of came next after that then? So as I said, probably a thing, it was like that awareness that it was me. Um, so the first thing I could control, I thought would be my morning routine. So this is the guy I would have been, even through all this, the guy still would have read uh, self-development books, podcasts, everything. And, you know, I was like, right, this, this seems what happens. And at the very, very start, didn't get it right. <laughs> Did not get it right. I was getting up at half four in the morning. I was knocking on YouTube, listening to, you know, Will Smith, Mark Danzel, Washington, all these guys. Like, you know, you got to you have this. And, you know, and I was like, what? Like Tony Robbins, like, coming out of my ear. I was like, right, yeah, I'm motivated. I'm like, but this isn't working. You know, trying to do journaling, trying to write out all my thoughts, my feelings, trying to, to sample meditation, trying to get exercise in. I, and I was exhausted. I was absolutely exhausted. And there was a few things that were working. And I was like, so, but I had still had the awareness and to go, okay, don't give up. Let's see what, what fits and what works. So I've been working on that now and it, and it is changing and evolving. And, and at the minute I've, you know, I've, I've got it nailed, you know, I get up, rise, about half five, I would then go and, um, I would, especially whenever the weather was, was uh, good with the sunrise, I was trying to get up and reset my circadian rhythm. So I get outside, go for a walk. I put on a, um, some training that I'm doing, some mindset training I'm doing. Listen to that. I'll come in. I'll do 10 minutes of meditation, the Headspace app, and I'm really committed to that. I think I'm on. Good thing about the Headspace app, it gives you the number many days. So I'm like up to 268 or something, like every single day, just weekends and all, just this routine go sticks with me so i do that then i'll come in and then i'll so once i've done my meditation i'm in a better place and i'll write down 10 things 10 things for gratitude so five things that are happening right here right now so it could be a cup of coffee that i'm having something simple as that just to get everything going then i'll write five things that are going to happen in the future but write them as in the present so write about you know, about what, what my family is having all these kids, write about my, my dream home, write about taking my business worldwide. And then I'll write like a goal statement 
or write something like as this is what's happening now. And, you know, it takes a while and it's something I've only started really doing the last few months and a bit of mindset training I've been working on. And I'm at a stage now where I've got into the habit, but now it's believing the words. So sticking it down and believing it. And it's got me to a place now where I, I where you mentioned before about we always felt I had to be busy. But um, I read another book, it's uh, The Power of Awareness. And there's a chapter in it, um, chapter 14, is called uh, The Effortless Way. And it's like once we you talk about mindset and manifestation, and once we uh, like embed something in our subconscious mind, it's going to happen. Now, you can call it universe, you can call it God, you can call it whatever. But if you have filled your head with those thoughts of power, of wealth, of health, of whatever it is, those specific goals, nine times out of 10, if you really believe it, 10 out of 10 is going to happen. But the opposite effect happens. And I've been in that journey too, where I fill my head off, I can't get through this. This is tough. This is hard. This is the word depression and keep repeating that. That just filters into my mind where it's like, instead, no, let's reverse that. You know, I can do this and I will start here and I will get to here. And th that for me has been massive. So I will do that. And then I'll do like a wee um, little stretching routine as well. And that my, my morning. So it does, it does take me about an hour. So, but I, but that's an one hour to me developing me and then I can concentrate on core work or if I have any other study or anything to do, then, then I'll go, go and do it. It's interesting what you say there about sort of understanding what thoughts are in your subconscious. Because I think, was it Frederick Nietzsche, the philosopher said, uh, watch your thoughts because they become your actions. Uh, which, uh, I mean, I, I read that a number of years back and it, it always kind of stuck in the back of my mind. <laughs> there you go, always stuck in the back of my mind is it talking about thoughts. But it, it was always there somewhere along the line. And um, I was quite aware of it when I done my A license about two or three years ago, there's a guy speaking and I've spoken about this in the past and he's, he sort of said, you know, change doesn't happen by thinking about change. Change happens by action. Yeah. And so he gave the example and I gave it in a different podcast where he got out of bed and he put the other foot inside his jeans or his trousers first. So normally it would be his right foot, but he decided to start with his left foot. And he was like, well, that's a tangible goal for me. That's the first thing I've achieved that day in order to change a routine, which then will eventually, hopefully, sort of change his mindset and then eventually his thoughts. Yeah, no, it is, it is, it's kind of, it is backing it up with action. Um, I think that you, you miss some of the stuff because now it becomes a habit. The simple thing of like making your bed, like the famous Colonel did it in the graduation speech, like, and it's something that sticks with me. Like even there when we were away, like I'm, we were away very fortunate to be staying in the Culloden for like 10 days with the, the, the senior team. I made my bed every morning, like, like, and like, hotel shape like done and it's that wee task that it comes habitual you know it becomes that that's that's engraved now and that's just part of me you know so yes having the the thoughts but thoughts turn to action you know and that that's that's the biggest thing um because i'm not saying you should sit down and just manifest and meditate every day and say i'm going to be a millionaire i'm going to be a millionaire i'm going to be a millionaire well the words you should actually use is i am you know or i have so never use, I am going to, you just you take out your vocabulary, just say like, you know, I have, I am, I am this, I am that. And, and keep focusing on that. Even if you feel you're not there because you soon believe you will, but it has to be backed up with action. What are the steps? And to be honest, 
if we think about it, we're, we're that way inclined when nature is, we should all do it the easy way. There is an effortless way, but sometimes I was, I was listening to someone, it was brilliant. It was like, if you think about a fly, it's like trying to like get out a window and just constantly going. But if you look like, you know, a foot to the side, the door's wide open. So if you're constantly beating your head against like, no, I need, I need to do this. I need, I need to do this. I need to do this. I, I, I need to do these extra coaching sessions. I need to do this extra reading. No, I have to listen to this podcast. I have to do this. I have to do this. And go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Look, just, just step to your right there, my friend. <laughs> there's easy passage and it's going to happen. You know, you still have to make the effort and you still have to be aware. I think that's sometimes very good to sit back and reflect and go, well, where am I? Because the, only, the one thing that is going to... Um, the one thing you can't get away from from where you are is your results. Where are your results? And that could be anything. So, you know, yeah, I know I'm, I'm fit and I'm healthy and whatever. No, but you're overweight. You're, you're not, you know, and you may in your subconscious mind, you need to start taking action or I feel that, you know, I'm okay here or I want to be here or, you know, I want multiple sources of income from X, Y, and Z. Well, you're stuck in a job that is controlling you, you know, and you're, and you're saying, oh, but, I, I know I can do it. I said, well, brilliant. 100% of course you can. But if you're not taking the plunge to leave your job, to set up your business on the side, to do whatever, then you're only going to be a frustrated fly. You're just going to keep hitting that window. And you just know just a foot next to you may, may be that leap you need to take to, to turn around. As like I said, like the leap of faith I took to, to leave my job was like, I am not, I set a goal. I am not writing another timetable. And it's effortless flow. And that's, that's, that's a big thing I think that we're, we're all striving for. Be yeah. successful, health, have an abundance of wealth and everything, but effortless. And just on that topic of action and taking action, how did you then, and to use your analogy of the fly, how did you then become the fly that flew out the door rather than hitting the window when it came to opening up your, uh, your business? I think that's it. I think that's, that's what it is. I had, I had the knowledge and everything and I was focused more on the strength and conditioning and youth development side. So I had all that and it was just, the big thing was the plunge taking, leaving a, a comfortable salary. Cause in the meantime as well, as I was doing quite successful in my, my little personal training, you know, I sell nutritional products as well. And I would have had a steady, really steady income. I was able to afford a deposit for, for a house, for a mortgage so I had all that going and I, and like literally the IFA was like, it was like, it was covering all the bills. It was everything. And I was like, but you know what? There's so much more for me to do. And to take the action was set that goal of when am I going to leave? Rather than saying, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm leaving, I'm leaving. I was like, I, but when? The goal was do not write another timetable for the IFA. Go into schools yourself, do whatever it is. And that was it. And I started off, in my local primary school and uh, it was funny I said because a big class and it was only me because I had no other coaches or anything so uh, two um, classroom assistants come out one of them was my mom <laughs> who came out and helped like helped just with, with numbers with ratio and that, that's where I started to now like I'm very fortunate I have another full-time employee coach and then I have about 10 casual coaches whenever we were at our height and we were in you know I think we had up to like 40 primary schools you know, yeah. So it was like it was it was it was huge, and you know the the amount of stuff too we were doing with community groups and everything, and it just grew. And then throughout that time, working with the under seventeens with AFA, I was doing on the side in the nineteens, and then got called up, helped the twenty ones then again, 
and then very fortunate at the end to, to get to there. So in a way, it just, it's like kind of break free the shackles. So it was, um, I love the people on the AFA, I, you know, there's a few people in doing the role were like, oh my God, this is this, this is what. And I actually took it another way. I was like, we were so fortunate. Like the reason I am so skilled at what I do is I was doing it 25 to 30 hours a week every day for seven years or around years I was there. And then when I wasn't doing that, I was getting trained by the best. But be that an in-service one, which people are like, oh, this is a piloting. I'm not going to lie, I took notes. <laughs> I took videos and I, I built connections. And if somebody was talking, I went up, maybe had a wee word and, and it says that. But what I took away from that was like what I can deliver now. That was the big action I took is just setting that goal and, and going for it. Um, and now it hasn't been plain sailing. Now there's been times there where I've chipped into the personal savings just to pay coaches, you know, because the money's not flowing or, you know, you have to take off your coaching hat and put on your business hat, put on your finance hat, you know, oh, what do you mean I have to fill out this form? What do you mean these are taxes? Or how do I, where do I do this? It's like, pop. Now you're just, you learn every day, really. Yeah. And it, as you said very early on there in terms of taking that leap, you know, deciding when was the right time, you, you weren't really aware that all of those different hats, as you put it, were part of that process. But part of that process has now made you probably a more well-rounded individual in terms of your ability to coach has always been there for the seven years and previous. Yeah. Now you've added that aspect of business management, finance management, people management in many ways. Yeah. Um, you would sort of, and again, I've had a little look at some of the stuff that you've got on your website with the portal that you have now available because of the lockdown and, and, uh, and how you then keep that business going throughout that. And one of the points you look at is well-being and the growth mindset. And that's, for me, if people don't, um, people don't know who that is, it's Carl Dweck was the original author of, of Growth and Fixed Mindsets. And she talks about us having two um, separate types of mindset that can intermingle at times, but more than likely we are either one or the other. So growth mindset would pretty much where we see the benefit and challenge. We step outside of our comfort zone. We know that it's going to be uncomfortable, but we understand that there's learning from it. And the fixed mindset being that we've got a fixed limited understanding of our own abilities and we're not going to be challenged by anything else. And that's what I quite, that's what I love about what you've just said there is it, that's a growth mindset in action. And so is the stuff that you you prepared for your company to, to keep trading over the lockdown period. I think that during the first lockdown, I think we built it from that was like, I was probably the first person I was like, I, first thing he said, and I had people ringing me and like big, big businesses like that I would kind of work with. It would help me with social media and all. And they were panicking. They're like, oh my God, is this, do you know what this is? And I was like, this is a time to grow. And that's what I kept saying. This is a time to grow. So we just took action straight away and we started delivering um, PE lessons every day, even before Joe Wicks came out with, but he's slightly bigger following. So, you know, he, he, he did well, he did well, but we actually did really well too. So we went consecutively for 101 days, like did not miss a Sunday or nothing. So, Monday to, Friday, Monday to Friday was PE sessions. So 20 minutes, we started off 40, but again, we were getting feedback. I was like, 20 minutes was perfect. Saturday was a family workout. And then Sunday was a recovery day. So, and again, if anybody is, is, is listening and you want to see some of those special recovery days, it's, it's a full day on a foam roller. And if you don't have a foam roller, I was using like a wine bottle. So I was trying to do it and adapt the, like all the games we did were all household items. So there were socks, there were bins, there were toilet roll, it was everything. So, those are on our YouTube channel as well. So we already had that. And then the feedback we were getting from everybody 
was brilliant. And then people were asking us to come and do Zoom sessions with them with that. And we also we had a great wee idea where we uh, we had the Facebook Live on my phone, and then I had like the laptop out, and I had schools join us on Zoom. So they seen all their wee mates on screen, and we were able. Uh, it was actually one of the other coaches who was taking the Tuesday session said that um, he was finding this so tough. He's like, it's so hard talking to a screen and getting no feedback. Because we as coaches, that's what we do. We, we get that feedback there, that, that external feedback from how the kids reacting. So he suggested we invite schools via Zoom. So we were at the Facebook Live and my, my, my living room was like, it was like furniture removal. Like at like around half 10, I was like, move the sofa over here, move this here. I had one phone on Facebook, one phone on Instagram Live. And then I had like every book stacked up for the laptop with Zoom. So all the kids were on screen and we got that feedback and the parents, teachers, everybody's loving it. So we give them time to interact and wave to each other. And it was, it was amazing. So we developed that and different companies were asking us to do things. And then just felt, I just knew myself coming into summer, actually from that, we had the best summer ever. So we took the initiative and we just said, you know what, we're running summer camps. Kids need to get out. And at that, by the time we had launched, everything had calmed down. So we run our summer camps too. So we're not only based in a Fermanagh direction, but we run them in Donegal on the beach in Rosnaila. And like, like training, when I'm training the coaches for that, I'm like, first rule is you leave your car, you leave your slippers in the car and you come down bare feet and you'll be ready to have a good time. And that is that. Like we have kids coming onto the beach. We have it all laid out, everything there. And it's like amazing. But we had the best summer ever in terms of business-wise and number of kids coming. And it was like, the effortless way. We put the work in and everything during lockdown and enjoyed that. But we did that. So and we just found out we were, we were brilliant at doing stuff online. So what I did then is develop this portal. So this portal and the main mission for this was keep kids active, but keep it as hassle-free as we can for the teachers. Because as you know, teachers may sometimes get a hard rap and say, oh, they're off for two months of this. But what they have to actually fill out in terms of forms in terms of valuation, you know, looking after so many kids, budget cuts coming left, right, and center. So I was like, right, PE or music and arts and everything is the first thing to say, let's scrap that because I need to get everything done. So with the portal, I have a few sections. So phase one, as I called it, was I delivered a um, a full um, a full PE class uh, in front of the camera with no equipment needed. So the kids could actually, all they need to do is get up in the class, push their chair in, step to the side of their desk, and the teacher just gets on a portal and puts me up on the whiteboard. So they could do it all in class. So the first one was we covered uh, games, athletics, and then I have a fantastic uh, dance teacher, Jamie. Um, he's brilliant. So he did dance, so he's doing hip hop, everything modern, and then an unbelievable um, gymnastics teacher. So we covered all areas of curriculum in the comfort of the classroom. Then we've developed it now where we're phase two, where we have lesson plans. So now, you, whatever your group you're in, click a lesson plan, if it's athletics, if it's throwing, you click it, you get the lesson plan, but attached to the lesson plan is a little, so for example, say if it is, say as I was telling you about our snowball tag game, so if you're warming up for throwing, so you press snowball tags there, it's on a PDF, you click the link, and it'll take you straight to a demo of me explaining the game and playing it with the kids. And we have a video library of, now 150 videos of all your FMS, of all your fun games. So if it's a coach, if it's a parent at home, if it's whatever, like that resource can be used for anybody. 
And it was, that was the main thing, effortless way for, for things. So that, that's what I love about it though, is that there is adaptation, there's flexibility, there's ingenuity, there's creativity all in of that, because it could have been very easy for you and your coaches at that time to say, right, schools aren't open. Schools are the majority of our business base here. Let's just shut operations, close doors and wait until the lockdown comes back up again because either A, it would be too much work to put all it, because I mean, that's a hell of a lot of work putting into that portal there you just talked about. Um, a lot of commitment from yourself and from your coaches as well. And it could have been very easy to say, let's just do what you know is expected of us here and just shut up shop. But however, you've seen that as an opportunity to grow, which I just think is fantastic because there's so much, and I spoke with this today actually um, on a previous podcast with Tyler, is that a lot of people seen lockdown this year in 2020 being a negative year. That it has been, COVID-19 has run us riot through since March all the way through to December here. And it's just been a year, get out of the way, let's start 2021. And actually Tyler said to me today, he's like, Gary, it's been the best year of my life. Yeah. You know, because he's just took the impetus upon himself to be able to change that just like you and your coaches have done with your, your portal and, and the ability to keep inspiring those kids. I mean, I know some of the stuff that you've done, you, you talk about the 101 days consecutive. What I absolutely loved about that was the fact you had your son involved. Yeah. And your son yeah, was well, with you. I know it's amazing. Like, and, I, and I think that's what you, you, a lot of people would say about like COVID was to spend time with family and, and everything too. And, and it was huge. It was, it was massive because it gave me an opportunity with, with, with my son. Um, you know, my son doesn't live with me during, during the week as well and weekends and we have a fantastic relationship with his mom and it's good that way. But then I had him all the time, you know, because I, I was more flexible. I was like, yeah, just stay with me. But we did so much. We, you know, and there was times we were doing the lives and then I got to the stage where he just didn't want to do them anymore. But I was like, that's fine. You know, I got to the stage when he was doing them. He was just like being... <sighs> Daddy, would you wise up? <laughs> you know, especially when I was dancing around the place and all too and doing whatever. And he was like, came and going, oh my God. But um, but it gave me an opportunity then for us to explore new things and to put into action of what, what I believe. So um, I was saying we we started taking into road cycling. So Josh loved bikes from from no age, and he was just he just used to go through bikes for fun. You know, he just shot up and he was cycling since he was like three or four. And um so he's flying on the bike and then my sister had a road bike and he was the same height. So we went out and before we knew it, we were doing 30, 40 mile cycles. You know, building up from 10 miles to go to then going, Josh, like the weather we had during COVID through the first lockdown, I just used to put some sandwiches in the back of a bag and we used to just go off or it was stop in the shop and get the ice cream. So we were doing that. We were, yeah, I remember being a little and I seen it was like reduced. It was meant to be there. I was like, hey, on it. it was like a blew up canoe like for 60 quid from like 200 odd quid. And I was like, brilliant, we're getting that down the lakes. And literally one day we went down the lakes and like I had to go actually and get food and come back because we went down the lake for like an hour or so. Then like for five hours. And like friends now were coming down and they, they were like, oh, where are you? Oh, we're down at the lake here. Oh, brilliant. Oh, blew up canoe. And he was jumping out of the water, you know, and I, I'm massive in, in outdoors. I love outdoors. And, and it's amazing as you get kids out, get them out in their bare feet, get them hands dirty, everything. You know, and then we're down surfing down in Donegal. And, you know, again, he was going to surf camp. And it was an investment. It was it was thing because we could have done it. It was only surfboard. But he loved it because it was and a good thing. Again, come back to me. He talked about his coach the whole time. And now his coach, did his coach do anything crazy or thing? No, he just cared. And he just made it as fun and as enjoyable as he could. And 
all I was doing with Josh was just literally taking him and, and setting him in the, in the environments and, and stepping back. You know, if, if do you want to cycle today? No, I'm a bit tired. No problem. Do you want to try, go for a swim? Do you want to try, as I said to you, I'm, I'm training now. I'm going to do, sign up for an Ironman. And he's, he's like my swim training buddy. And like he started off, he's doing like 20 odd lengths. And the other Saturday, he smashed like 56 lengths. Like a 40, and then 45 minutes, 40 minutes or whatever. And, but no, I didn't know. We never force him to do anything, you know. And if he wants to, he can stay here and whatever. But, um, and we're doing another challenge now because he started getting into love. We, we started climbing a few mountains. So I remember picking him up from school one day and we climbed Errigal. So we went to Errigal. He was only, he was about nine, eight or nine. And uh, we drove to Errigal. And I said, we'll just go as far as we can. So he, he looked up and he's like, Daddy, that is massive. I cannot do that. He says, no pressure. We'll go as far as we can and we'll stop. So we picked points the whole way up. And he was just in awe, just looking around. And then we picked the next point and the next point, the next point. I said, like, we're nearly here, kid. He's like, I know. We're going to get there, aren't we? I was like, yeah, of course. Went up, went up. Top area go. And now we're doing a thing now. Uh, we're going to claim the highest peak in every county. So we've, we've, ne- we've nearly got Ulster. Um, and we've got Sneaky as well, too, because there's a few that are, that are doubling up uh, for two counties because they're like right at the border. But me and him now are just going to go and, and do that. And it's something now, again, for his birthday there, <laughs> I, got, I was able to buy him like a pair of hiking boots. And you thought it was like, I was like, this is amazing. And like I got a pair of like waterproof bottoms, like regatta ones, like and a few quid. Oh my God, you thought I'd give him like a, a full North Face get out like a get up. He was like, this, this is amazing. I was like, oh no, cost me a fortune too, kid. <laughs> the thing is, he's probably in an age where he is not obsessed with one sport. Now, if he goes and does whatever, like I, I always say, I have, two, I have two things that I always said to, and I've said it to him as a, as a dad. I, I want two things. I want Josh to do, do something that he loves. Right? And then all I want him to do to you, if he's ever in any need or any trouble, that he knows he's the confidence to come and talk to me. And that's, that's anything, you know, that, and that's it. So go up and do whatever, something that you love. And if you're ever, ever in any issue or need, or you feel you just want to talk, that, 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 that we've built a relationship, that you can come and talk to me. Because I have a fantastic relationship with my dad and I can do that. And vice versa. Now I'm at an age now where dad's talking to me and asking for advice as well. So, you know, that's, that's kind of what, what it all builds up then building that relationship and that connection. Well, that's, that's what it comes back to, doesn't it? It comes back to that connection with the family. And if you snowball everything together, what we talked about earlier on, I mean, you can't get to where you're at now without that support, or at least, I mean, I couldn't get to the position that I'm in with, with my football and, and what I'm doing now, if I didn't have the support of my family behind me, um, yeah. to, my, either at times it might have been financial. I might not have had enough money to go for my B license or do my A license. So that was it. Or other times it was literally I'd come in and rip myself apart in front of them by telling them how terrible I was and how that didn't work. And then they would build your confidence back up. You know, everything you've just talked yeah. about there, particularly that connection between you and Josh, you've been able to um, develop that and progress that to another level during this lockdown period. And that's been the positive as well as being yeah. able to build your, your company, which I think is so special. That, that for me is the one word. Well, the two words in my coaching vocabulary kind of really define where I am at the minute. Um, and the first word is empathy. It's huge, huge for me, especially working in the environment with young kids because we don't know where they come from. You know, especially when they come into an environment like a school or, or, a, or a club. 
you know, their, their, their actions, their thoughts, their feelings, you know, could be a result of something else. So rather than being that reactive thing to it, it's sitting back and going, well, is there something else behind that? And we can't be methodical with all our actions and all our decisions and everything, but to have that empathy to turn around and say, that poor child, not, not taking pity, but going, right, can I approach this a different way? So obviously they need more bit comfort or love because maybe they have, you know, their background and this is the way they're reacting. Um, and then to build all that together, for me, coaching is connection. You know, you can have all your, 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 your degrees, you can have all your licenses, you can have all the, you can have the best session plans in the world. But if you can't connect with your players, uh, then the, you're going really nowhere with it. So you can't. And connection can happen on so many levels. You don't always have to be their friend. You know, and I, and I, and I think that I found my biggest challenge was going into the Northern Ireland setup was going from teaching youth, teaching kids all the time to teaching these senior men. So going from what my philosophy was of really unstructured, really, really fun, really thing to trying to implement that, but quickly realizing this is a job too. You know, this is a job. This is, then those guys crave structure. They crave all that. But how can I influence my own personality, my own fun? Not for them to like me, but for them to enjoy and maybe add that 1% to, to the camp, to the environment, to the to Boris' philosophy of what he's trying to implement. Like I maybe, like I was doing my warm-ups and I've probably taken longer. They've probably, you know, with, racking up by 12 minutes or so and it was too long for some of the guys you know you just feel and you just hear them and i was like so like literally warm-ups now with the the senior team is like six minutes it's like done it's like boom, boom a bit of movement and i bring in like a bit of fun, one fun game or do something building that connection with those players and you don't have like the come back to that saying people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care and that's what it is. How can you build that connection? How can you show them that you really care um, for, for what you're doing? So for me, when it comes to the coaching and stuff and family and everybody really in life, friendships, connection, what are you doing to build that bridge and make that stronger? And what I love about that is you're stepping into a senior elite international level, you know, the highest level in sport, in, in, in our sport, which is football. And you are still adapting your practices to get the best out of the individuals in front of you because it can be very easy for us as coaches to be authoritarian in that respect and say no this is how i do it my warm-ups are 12 minutes you can do whatever you want i don't care they're 12 minutes i'm not listening to you i'm the coach i'm in charge i'm right you're wrong now get on with it you know and and, that, and i think in many ways when you talk about building that connection even with the younger kids it's about asking them well how are they feeling what, yeah. you know what what's your input to this what do you think how can you then uh, take their knowledge and their experiences and add it to, to the benefit of, of your session or not even just your session, but how you interact with them as well. That's what I base a lot of my youth coaching on is, is questions or can you show me, you know? So for example, if we are, and I always use that one like analogy, say for example, you are whatever sport you're playing. So if we take football and you're teaching some young kids, you're teaching them to dribble, but Johnny's over here and he's doing he's doing a rainbow flicker he's doing something amazing initial reaction and even it could be in a kind way it could be like oh no johnny johnny no look we're doing dribbling johnny just we'll do dribbling you know what i mean so let's go johnny let's go and it's not even the the shout but already this guy's using his imagination 
right, yeah, maybe he's not following instructions thing, but he is showing you something really creative. So the example I would always be is about your language of coaching. Instead, it could be something simple as, Johnny, that is amazing. Tell you what, hold on to that because we're going to show the rest of the group after. But what I want you to do now is we're going to do this dribbling. Do you think you could do that for me first? And I want you to show how excellent you are at that. Right, do the dribbling and then go back. Guys, by the way, Johnny's going to show us on here. Johnny, give it a go. Right, everybody, we're going to take three minutes now and you're going to practice your rainbow flicks. All right, ways go. Brilliant. Now, let's move on to the next part. And again, you are trying to get the same message across that you want Johnny to go back into the group and dribble, but it's just your language. Like I, I was, I was taking a local local team here, local like football team, and um, just for Man and Western, and I just I love coaching, so I was just like I want to go out and coach. So this is yeah, come on, come on board. And like my experience of playing playing football is, is quite limited. So, but I had blessed with some brilliant coaches um, with club and I with, with everything and, and even the likes of yourselves you know, we're all we're all together and seeing stuff but with those guys like I was teaching them in the back four and I'd say right we're set up like this and this is the first time they were getting coached and, they were that, and then I still turn around and said well how did you feel in there and literally the first few nights they're like oh I was like well how did you feel because A you play far more games than me you're more experienced than me and be usually the one that are in there. I'm not in there, and I'm not going to be there on a Saturday. So how did you feel? And it was amazing that some people in the group would say it out loud. Others would come after you at the end of the session. You know, but you just opened up that, that avenue by asking a question. When we, when we do our sessions, when we do our core kids sessions, our session plan always starts off with an instant game. No talking. Kids, if they're coming into the pee hall, if they're coming on their pitch, to come in inning, the last thing that they want to do is hear a coach tell them 10 different things that they're going to do for the session. Now, you may, that may rip up um, education books and everything where you have to say, right, you have to get them in and you have to outline with the outline of the session. I don't care. I don't care who you are. If you're a senior player and the coach calls you in first thing and gets you in the huddle and goes on for about three or four minutes about what you're going to do for the session. Now, you can do that in a meeting beforehand, 100%, because you're in an environment where you're settled down and you're in a room and you can have your projectors. Fantastic. Yes. We got the message in. You're on a pitch. You know, we're working on amateur levels here. We're working for everybody else. We're limited time. So with kids, especially, and even adults, straight in instant game, one, two rules and let them go. Then we would, if we're doing a skill for the day, let them explore that skill. No coaching. If it's a ball between two or three, show me different ways you can pass the ball. Show me different ways. Who can use different parts of their foot? Can anybody use now the other foot? Can anybody do it backwards? Can you do it forwards? Who can move in this space and do it? Excellent, right, super. Oh, Mickey's doing it this way. Everybody look at Mickey. He's turning first and then he's passing it. Can everybody try that? And then you go, right, we've got them now. Okay, guys, today we're going to learn passing the inside of the foot or we're going to learn with whatever. You've, got, you've let them go. You've got their attention. And now you can import a bit of your skill and say, right, let's go. This technique we use, this is whatever. Give it a go. Right, let's put it into a game now. And there's your session. There's a few things that you actually spoke about there that, that brings back to the conversation that we've, be, we've been having. One is the ability to connect. One is context is key. So knowing what context you're in. You talked about being inside the room or being in the pitch. And that environment is then going to adapt or at least change the mindset of the individual you're working with. Uh, and the other thing for me was the ability to use the players themselves or the people that you're working with themselves to 
buy into and then lead the practice, right? Because you talked about, you know, show me three or four different ways. And if somebody else was doing it one way, then you sort of picked that young boy out and said, well, look the way he's doing it. Why can't you do it like that? And I often think to myself, even in the corporate world and, and in your day-to-day life, you know, you're always told in the majority of the time you're in a job where you're, as you said earlier, uncontrolled. You've got a manager who says you do this, this, and this every single day. And at the end of the day, if you do all that, you've, been, you've had a successful day. And if you don't do that, then this is what you need to do tomorrow. But at no point or very little time is there any kind of individual responsibility ever taken to say, well, how do you feel the right way forward is? What do you think the right thing to do is? Yeah. And then that will just give you so much more buy-in to the process, which eventually you're going to be the person that actually puts it in place. Um, yeah. And no matter where that's at, in a football pitch or in a meeting room, a bank, a shop, wherever it's at, I think that's key. It has, it's, it definitely has been insightful and has been enjoyable. And I think the key is that no matter your circumstance that you're in at the minute or circumstances that you have experienced in the past, there's always going to be that ability for you to make things better if, if you have the, uh, the mindset to give it a go. Yeah, no, definitely no. And uh, again, thank you uh, for having me on to, to share the story. And as I said, that, that, that's my main mission. If, if I can help at least one or two, or this can be spread on to, to anybody else. And if it gives them a wee bit of advice about life, about coaching, then fantastic. And if anybody does want to reach out, I'm sure you can share all, all the stuff um, of where, where you can find me, even if anybody wants more information on the portal. We're actually giving away a two-week free trial. So anybody who wants to go, even if it's a coach, we have a few coaches locked on and used a few of the games. So the content's there. I don't want to hide it. I want to to, to show it, get it out there. So there's a two-week free trial. If you think it's for you, then there's options to, to buy it. Um, and it's only, it's increasing. Like I, we didn't even mention the well-being side that's attached to it as well too. So we've got um, visuals of, of breathing techniques uh, using your hand breathing, but we've also now brought in some audio that we're going to try and get the, they're going to get the schools to educate the kids to play it, uh, the audio every morning and every evening. So we'll take the kids into a relaxed environment. So we've got a guy, a hypnosis guy too, who's worked well-being and stuff, who's recorded those. Um, and we're also picking a topic each, each, each thing. And the first one I see is resilience. So we've done about being resilient, dealing with failure. And on top of that, so if there's any teachers listening out there, we were, me and him were just having a Zoom and we were chatting away. And I was like, the teachers? I was like, let's do an audio for the teachers. So we have a teacher, we have two audios for the teachers as well that we want them to do every morning. So it's a three minute audio where they come into the, the start of the day to get themselves set. And then having that third space, having that place where they're taken away from, from their work, um, that third space in the middle of it, maybe it's that meditation to say, you know, you've done your best today. This is what it is, you know, forgive yourself or whatever. Then you're home and you can leave that behind. So that, that's, that's the extra part too that's on it. But again, two week free trial, you can go through it all, go through it all. Brilliant. It's, it's, it's a package that definitely encompasses, or at least it tries to encompass, as you said, earlier on the full curriculum. And importantly, I think something that's not, um, that's, that doesn't have a lot of attention, a lot of focus, maybe will do now because of the lockdown period is that mental well-being and that ability to, as you've said, have them understanding of grounding yourself with the breathing techniques, giving yourself that space, that time to really internalize what's going on. And that's just as important for kids as it is for adults, um, particularly given the, the lack of social interaction they've had recently. Because yeah. as we all know, as adults as well, we all thrive on that social interaction. And I think that's, that, that can be quite tough 
particularly for young kids to to understand. So I've no doubt that it'll, it'll do fantastic things, and I'm sure the schools that are using it at the minute will 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 back that up. Yeah, no, super. No, again, look, I'll, I know it's been long, so people are listening. <laughs> like, is he going to actually stop now? He's going to finish there. Um, but yeah, look, is, and, I, and I honestly do mean this. If anybody is there, reach out. Anybody want to talk about anything, just a, a general discussion, because you probably heard from the podcast, they do enjoy to talk. Um, but I will listen as well. You know, this is a forum for me to talk. But if you want to come and connect with me, and, and I will listen. Um, so yeah, thanks, thanks again, Gary. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to keep this outro just a little shorter than normal because I don't think I can do that story any more justice than what Gar already has. But I think one of the main points in that is that no matter what situation you find yourself in, no matter how dark that room seems, no matter how dark those clouds feel above your head, Yes, it is difficult to speak. Yes, it is probably even more difficult to try to get others to understand how you feel. But on the flip side, if someone does come to you and does have that story and does want to speak to you, maybe as Gary suggests, it's the fact that they just want someone to listen. They don't want somebody to come back and tell them what they think they should do. And just being that listening ear can be enough to help that person self-motivate themselves. So if we take anything from Gary's story, it is no matter how dark it is, no matter how deep you feel yourself in terms of being at rock bottom, there's always a light, there's always a way out. And taking that first step to make that positive change is the first step in a long road, but a road that is possible. And Gary's story proves that. Again, I really appreciate your support, really appreciate you listening. You can get in contact with me across all of our social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at the Think Curiously podcast. It would be fantastic if you could like, share, retweet across all of our platforms in order to spread our story and spread the stories like guys in the hope that it inspires others to tell theirs. Thank you and have a great week.